0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Insider. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Barrow. Hello there, Matt. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. End of the week that has flown by, just like the last six months, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, blink and I've missed it. Matt, could you? I, I, I've I've known you a while, and I can do a bit of an intro, I'd imagine, but I could never do it justice. Could you give the listeners a, a brief intro to to who you are and, and what you do?
1: Yeah, so currently I'm managing director at a company called X in Leeds, and we'll we'll talk a bit more about them. Uh, prior to this, I ran consultancies, grew and ran consultancies, so Infinity Works in London and then Manchester, um, uh, and before that, I worked for the for the NHS on and off, kind of as a as an external for maybe ten or so years. Uh, really focused around agile delivery uh, transformation, trying to to kind of impart change and do things, do things better. Uh, so I was lucky enough to work on some big programs like spine 2 and uh, and that was a yeah a really really exciting uh, exciting thing. So I came to XLab probably 15 months ago now, 14 months ago. Uh, XLab had been relatively relatively slow growing. It started uh, kind of 12 or 13 years ago. Uh, got some great people, really, really smart people. But um, but they've never really had the drive to 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 grow and to do to do a lot. So I came with my I guess my sort of high growth uh, ambitions and um, and some ideas about what we might do, how we might take the company gro- uh, global, how we might uh, develop the product, and so on. Uh, and then of course, yeah, COVID happened. It's been uh, it's, it's been a crazy six months.
0: Well, yeah. Well, you've been on the front line. I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk about about it. But how how old X Labs then before you before you joined them? So it,
1: um, I think the, the company was founded in 2006. Uh, but it came from a university project or a couple of university projects, um, and the idea was there was a, uh, a very smart guy called Rick Jones who came up with the idea to to integrate labs uh, to to improve the transmission of information between labs, which still now today around the world is a is a very manual, very paper driven process. Mm. And of course, in the in the backdrop of something like COVID and a, a pandemic, you can't have that can't have that working. It's it's too slow. So Rick had this idea of uh, digitally integrating all the labs, and there's a there's a complexity around the standards. You know, nobody talks the same language. Uh, even two labs with the same information and the same systems will call a test a different thing, or we'll process the test in a different way. So there's a lot of complexity around the standards and the integration, uh, and that was that was what the company was trying to trying to solve. So in the early years, they had some, some grant funding. Uh, they had uh, a great level of support from the Cauderdale and Huddersfield Foundation Trust. Uh, who were were good enough to partner with xlab and, and help them through the early days and um, and then when i as I say when i joined last year we had around about 70 nhs customers uh, across the uk okay. national contract in scotland um but it was really then a case of well how do we take this further you know what what next for it how do we how do we grow beyond that love to love space
0: <laughs> and you never saw what was coming um got yeah. the beginning of this year so uh, I, I don't know how how's, <laughs> I guess the easy the simple question is how's your life been and and how's how's the business been since I guess the, the turn of the year
1: it's it's been I mean it, it, everything's different everything's yeah. changed and of course for everyone in this in this world um when I when I joined the business you know it was very much uh, people worked 9 to 5 um, to Friday people had desktops nobody had a laptop <laughs> everybody worked in the office there was very much a culture um, i guess kind of with the previous management team that um, yeah, you could only work in the office. You couldn't work remotely, and people couldn't be trusted to work remotely.
0: Mm. So, Sounds uh, like recruitment, Jesus.
1: So, <laughs> the kind of first six months, we were fixing that stuff. You know, trying to impart much more of a you know, the cultures I've worked in the past, were much more around no blame, uh, about encouraging collaboration, encouraging yeah, you know, really supporting each other as a team, um, and getting away from measuring people's output by hours and, and focusing much more on actually what the contribution of the yep. team. So then, when yeah, uh, you know, when COVID struck, all of a sudden, literally overnight, we had two things happen very quickly for the company. The first one was we had to shift to remote working. We had to work out what that looked like, and of course, for a company that had never done remote no. working, we didn't have collaboration tools, we didn't even have laptops. So people were you know shipping taxis around on the uh, shipping uh, um, laptops and and desktops and monitors around on buses and taxis in Leeds. Um, but then at the same time, the NHS, uh, we'd had a conversation with about how we could support and, and we knew that the product we had would have been a critical part of the infrastructure, um, if, if made available. So again, the NHS came to us and said, look, can we, can we do this? Can we roll this out, uh, more significantly? You're already at 70% of the NHS. Let's get it to hundred uh, percent. and then let's use it much more effectively.
0: And just so, quickly, is this, is this around April time then? Is it, is this quite, is this yeah. early on they came to you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So and actually I was,
1: I was at the country when, when most of this was happening. I was, uh, I was studying for an MBA and I was I was out doing these workshops. And at the same time, uh, kind of the NHS are talking about, can you scale up to this number and can you do this? Volume? And the numbers were, you know, tens or hundreds of, of times the, the volumes we've seen previously. Wow. Uh, which required then a whole rethink of our architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology. Uh, and of course, the way we were doing things, you know, the, the kind of historic approach of deploying software once a month that the company had been doing in the past just wouldn't stand anymore. And so now, six months later, you know, we've got a full cloud architecture, fully integrated uh, deployment pipelines. Uh, we could deploy many, many times a day, um, fully hands-off deployment, infrastructure as code and so on. So all the all the good things you'd expect to see from, uh, from, a, from a quality engineering pipeline. But it's taken some effort to get to that. And, and at the same time, as I to say, trying to manage, you know, culture, uh, mental health, caring about the individuals and making sure that that's all OK.
0: Well, I think it's, uh, you know, you've, you've let's be honest, you, you've done the opposite to a lot of companies in the last six months. I think a lot of companies have maybe downscaled what they're doing um, and, and, and in, in, in all, all across the business, whereas you guys, it sounds like you've had to very quickly kind of, Put a, a structure and strategy together in terms of how you're going to work, and then accelerate as, as fast as possible. So, 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 um, how's how's it how's it how's it things now? Then, so, what do, in terms of um, the acceleration? I'm interested in the growth, I guess, over the last six months and and the projects that you with the projects with the NHS.
1: Yeah, so so I guess in the in the UK we're, we're now pressing something like 100 250 times the number of messages per day than we were doing back in March, and and of course with with Moonshot and other things coming up, that's likely to increase further. Um, the, the big change, I guess, has been how we how we work, how we support the service. So we've gone from being, as I say, a nine to five, Monday to Friday, to it you know to critical national infrastructure that requires twenty four seven support. That's that's required some changes uh, within the development team and, and how we think about things. Um, it's required people to to kind of I guess step up and provide a bit more ownership, um, uh, but also to you know to how we how we work with those people and how that how they get supported. There's obviously a risk when people are working from home anyway that they don't put the laptop down. Yeah, you know, they work till late at night, and and you know you don't get a proper break. So we've been trying to maintain that balance and make sure that people do get the break. So we have the cover for the customers, but also we don't we don't overload people and, and burn people out. Uh, in terms of the, the general growth, we we've hired we're probably fifty percent bigger as a company in terms of number of staff. Uh, also, so, sorry
0: again, was this is this kind of like from April time? Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah so we've, we've onboarded quite a lot, recruited quite a lot. And then beyond that, we brought in two consultancies to help us um, with sort of specialist design consultancy uh, to help with the we rewrite the UI to make that process better, uh, and a, a bit of additional capacity from a from a consultancy who, who do kind of engineering work. Um, so so that was a I guess a necessary expansion just to be able to keep up with uh, keep, keep up with things. We focused our team on the stuff that we know really well, and then and then allowed the the external people to help with kind of the around the edges and, and improving the stuff that they know really well. We've also then uh, started expanding into the US, uh, the Middle East and Australasia at the, at the same time. So we hired a couple of uh, kind of overseas salespeople to, to work on that pipeline. The nature of the platform we have is that it, it, it is global. It's not a, a localized thing. You, know, you can connect any system to any system. So we're talking to a, a hospital in the in the Middle East, for example, that wishes to send, uh, uh, I guess, genomic samples back to the UK, uh, wants to send uh, proficiency testing off to the, to the US um, and then has some reference lab Customers in the US as well, Um, and and we see this across the world. I mean, when I was back in back in March, April time, I was talking to a lab down in in Paris, and uh, we went for a a tour around the lab, and I saw a a sample they had that was that was being processed, and the sample had come from Vietnam. It had been taken from a Vietnamese patient, written in English in the in the manifest, handwritten, of course, in English as a manifest. Then somebody who spoke French had manually typed the English into French in the system um to then be processed. And then the same thing happens in reverse. So this is a you know a really slow, awkward wow. process. Um and and so they were, you know, they love the idea. But that that there's a there's a challenge about how we how we keep the momentum going, how we keep supporting the customers and grow at the rate we need to grow, um without breaking what we're doing in the UK, because that's the, the most critical thing at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean I'm interested so so 50 growing by 50%, especially in these times, is um is 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 pretty well I say impressive. It sounds like a necessity as well. I I talk a lot on my podcast about um, kind of interviewing and onboarding. Um, Something that I'm actually finding now is um, it it seems strange. Candidates are are starting, or uh, engineers are starting their positions, interviewing and onboarding on on, um, online starting positions. And actually, now people are beginning to move on from without ever stepping for into the office which just it just seems crazy um how are you i mean i'm interested in, I, i'm going to guess that the, the majority of the guys that you've placed have been through your network how have how have you kind of found the challenge of interview of of, of the interview and onboarding but mainly more importantly keeping the, the the you know the collaboration and the innovation in within the team because i'm going to guess they're working in different locations remotely
1: yeah i mean the, the really nice thing has been that yeah you know, Le- Leeds is a very competitive market so we we have some big consultancies we have big gaming companies in in Leeds um so hiring in the Leeds market was always quite hard for us uh you know we were a smaller player uh, i mean the the work we do is very interesting and and exciting but it's it's hard to compete with some mm. of the numbers that uh, the others can play um, this has allowed us to to have a much more uh, i guess a much more broad net we can we can recruit from a much broader pool uh, there are there are colleagues and friends who I've worked with in the past so you're right in terms of the network most of the people that we've hired have been from my network or from their networks um, and it's been a case of, you know, this person I worked with six years ago, uh, who I really liked to then moved to, you know, the, 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 top of Somerset. Uh, well, he's now, <laughs> he, he couldn't have been, uh, he couldn't have driven here to work in the office previously, but mm-hmm. now that remote, that's absolutely fine. Um, and, and not just within the, within the UK and we got, um, this good friend of mine who moved out to, to Australia. Um, and again, that wouldn't quite work before, but when you think about things like 24 seven service, well, having someone who's, uh, Australia based is brilliant for us, that's works. Mm-hmm. Quite- so um so that, that's been a challenge in terms of the the interview process i think in the early days in the first month or so where it was all new to everyone and nobody's really used to using zoom and, and google and so on um it was uncomfortable it was a, a slightly awkward thing now it's kind of second nature it's almost yeah. now the point that when you meet someone face to face it's awkward yeah. like, <laughs> here now. so um so no, it, it's it's not a it's not really a problem. We um things like tech tests, uh we, you know, we, we kind of worked around that sort of challenge. We've worked around the, the tech interviews, um, and, uh, and you know broadly speaking, what we're you know, what we're kind of most interested in at the moment is, is can people work in this way? You know, can people work over Zoom? If if you can't work on a on a video call and you can't interview over a video call, then it's not gonna work as a as a mm. collaboration, it's just not gonna be not gonna be right. And so when, when it comes to kind of collaborations, we've got uh, well, we have simply a, a, a daily stand up for the management team. We've got stand ups for all the individual teams. Uh, we do things like yesterday afternoon with pr- writing a proposal for, for another piece of work for the NHS at the moment. So we just set up a, a Zoom call, uh, six or seven of us kind of jump in now. We're kind of working on our own, but it was a bit like when we do that kind of collaboration room previously, you'd all sit around a table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can work on your own laptops, but every now and again, you can chuck in a question, and it's the same. Um, I think the the challenge has been whiteboards. We've all missed whiteboards, um, and actually being able to just sort of stand on the whiteboard and draw some stuff and, and move some stuff around is is a really hard thing. And and there is some the technology for whiteboards. None of it's particularly brilliant from what I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. I've just yeah, kind of missed the whole of a the whole of a pen. But um, <laughs> that, that's that's probably been the the biggest challenge. But but as I said that it, it's countered by the fact that we have now got people who are who are spread all over the country, and that, and that's been great for us.
0: Yeah, I think post-it notes have probably gone down in sales as well over the last six months, haven't they? People have not been able to stick them on the old whiteboards. Mm-hmm. Um, how how's, so? In terms of you, you were geographically then. I'm interested because um, uh, I, I know that I know you from obviously working in London. I know you're based up in, in Yorkshire. Um, yeah. the, the team, the, the team are mainly structured. Obviously, the, the, the chap in Australia, um, but the team is mainly structured in in um, different parts of the UK. Do you, do you find much? Um, it, How's the the collaboration from maybe um like almost like a geographical diversity point of view? People maybe I guess that personally, I've recruited in Leeds in the past, um, probably for the companies you're talking about, to be honest. Um, and I, I find it, I find it different. Engineers uh, in in Leeds seem to be different engineers in London. So, it, it, do you find that when you? In yeah, yeah, and, it, and,
1: it's, and it's brilliant actually. I mean, people. Mm. Uh, you yeah, historically diversity is a huge important thing to, to, to well most people hopefully all people in time mm-hmm. uh, for us it's always been historically around you know racial gender maybe age diversity but but um, yeah, maybe over the last year when when I joined the company, we were looking much more about kind of background diversity. So things like uh, we hired a couple of people who were English grads or geography grads um, who who had just a very different mindset to the rest of us. And then with what's happened over the last kind of you know, six months, being able to open up that geographic diversity as well, that that changes the picture once again. So you're absolutely right. People in London do think differently to people in Leeds and people in uh, broadly speaking, people. In- <laughs>
0: um,
1: but also, there's people who are kind of just in the middle of the countryside. They, they have a different mindset. I've got a um, a guy I know really well, who lives up in Cumbria, um, and uh, you know, lovely chap, uh, really good. He doesn't want to be working in the centre of London, um, but but he's got all the all the same sort of skills and capabilities. He's he's able to do that stuff. So we've been able to get to to people like that who otherwise, if we'd had to have people based in the office, you just you just wouldn't have access to those people, and that opens up a whole different way of thinking, a whole different viewpoint uh, that um, that really benefits the company.
0: How, how do you um? how do you look after your staff? I, I think, you know, the, it sounds as though you, you've got a, a very collaborative team. So in yeah. terms of, um, you know, the, the innovation, I th- I feel like you, you know, you've, you've got a culture that's, that's set that hopefully you, you can add to as you grow. Something that's obviously really important is the mental health and you touched on it there. How do you look after your staff that maybe you can't see and you, and you, and you, and you don't speak to them as often. And, and when you do, it's maybe in a, in a zoom call or, you know, on a stand up with other people. How, how do you make sure that you guys are Okay.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of sort of non-verbal cues that you get around the office that that you wouldn't get otherwise. Uh, So just just sitting at my desk uh, previously, I could could see that, you know, such and such seems a bit quiet today or uh, Mm -hmm. seems a bit, uh, maybe a bit more noisy, but not in the way that I would have expected. Um, and you can have a coffee with them and have a chat and sort of see how things are going. Uh, and perhaps they open up and tell you something that, that then helps with that, that, sort of thing. Um of course when you work remotely, you don't you don't have that. And, and it's it's probably the most important part of my role is is looking after the people and making sure that uh, that you know the people in the team stay healthy. The other stuff, you know, people can look after the contracts, the sales, or the technology for me, that's all fine. But fundamentally making sure that everyone is is sort of safe and well, uh both from a, a mental and a, a physical perspective is, is really important um we, we've done different things we've done kind of uh virtual coffees we've we've had um small things like we had a we have a pub evening on a friday evening a virtual pub so we've got a a a google meet uh the people can come along to have a drink not a drink if you don't drink um and uh and just have a bit of a chat about stuff so that happens every every friday evening uh we've had in fact this oh, maybe next Friday actually we have a um a virtual quiz uh like a, a team quiz that we're doing um these sorts of things we, you know, we're trying to keep up the social stuff mm. on what's been quite hard is is how we how we celebrate uh, success and, and doing that is is really quite difficult so again we've done things like send out a celebration bottle to people and then everybody kind of jumps on a call and opens a celebration bottle at the same time <laughs> uh, uh we um oh, well, back in the back in the early days my uh, my kids assumed I must be a personal trainer because I spent almost all of my time asking people if they've been for a walk today uh, <laughs> thing. Uh, but, but that's been really important uh, again I think it's all it's all well and good for for people to say to each other, yeah, you know, make sure you get some some time off, make sure you get a break if If people think that they're you know taking time away from work to, to do that stuff it's it's a bit hard and, and mm-hmm. I think when people aren't traveling to the office uh, or traveling home from the office when they're not walking out to get uh, to get lunch and so on, there is a tendency for people to sit at the desk from eight a m to seven p m and, and and not think about it. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know trying to encourage people to um you know like I uh, one of the guys in the team, I won't name him, but one of the guys on the team this week look pretty tired. So just, you know, go and have a sleep for a couple of hours. Uh, yeah. Just take a couple of hours off. If, if you don't need to do that thing, just don't worry about it. And kind of getting across to people that there's no shame in doing that, to, to, to taking some time off themselves is is okay. That's that's really important. And that can only really come from the top. That's not something that, um, you know, people at the bottom, if, if, you, if you're if just kind of taking the afternoon off to go and have an afternoon nap uh, without your, uh, your your manager or your, your uh, leader's permission, it sort of feels a bit sneaky. Uh, yeah. Uh, past but um but but doing it this way where where actually it's a this is the right thing for the company go and have a break
0: is uh, really important yeah i think it's it's interesting i think um if uh, i think it's always very very important to you know hey how you doing you know making making sure the communication level's there i think the and and i think the gifts are the things that i did myself i think it's the it's the, it's a good idea it's the right thing to do i think that the interesting challenge that people face is you know when you're onboarding and remote and you can't build up that kind of rapport from having a beer and if you know if you do or don't drink if a coffee what have you but that that rapport and have and then being comfortable to ask the question um, okay. Matt you know I need some time out and I think that that it's it's about creating that environment a culture where you know your staff are comfortable and and they will approach and they'll and they will they will say that and I think that can only come from it coming the other way first are you okay how's how's your day going anything you can do you know that that then people are more comfortable to be able to say actually by the way matt i need a bit of time maybe when you're not expecting it so um, no fantastic what's the what's the uh, you've had a crazy six months and this isn't slowing down how how how's the next six months looking what do you think is going to happen next i mean we we
1: were trying to do a five-year plan uh, a couple of months ago and then yeah, we just gave up uh, it was impossible. <laughs> i think the next the next six months for us um we're really excited about the us and uh and australasia particularly opportunities uh, i think the middle East and Asia will pick up a little bit but um but but we've got you know six or seven really exciting opportunities in the us uh, i'm hoping that that will be the uh the, the next thing for us uh, and of course you know what's going on in the uk we've got things like uh, machine learning and ai to look around capacity management uh longitudinal care records uh, reporting of, of things and, and and really you know we're working there's a, a couple of government teams at the moment have been set up to to really really improve this kind of test process how do we scale it up how do we make it um not some of the people are talking about in the news every day but, but a yeah. really really cool process um so uh, so more more of that really helping helping those guys do the do the great work they are
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, I I, I say it to everybody, I'm looking forward to actually having a proper catch up at at some point down the line. So um, I really, really appreciate your time. Um, Hopefully everyone's um, taken something from this and, and yeah, look forward to speaking to you soon. That's
1: great. Thanks, Ben.